Welcome to episode 345 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, biohacker, author of What, When, Wine, and creator of the supplement line Avalon X. And I'm here with my co-host, Vanessa Spina, sports nutrition specialist, author of Keto Essentials, and creator of the Tone Breath Ketone Analyzer and Tone Lux Red Light Therapy Panels. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and ketogenicgirl.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this show do not constitute medical advice or treatment. To be featured on the show, email us your questions to questions at ifpodcast.com. We would love to hear from you. So pour yourself a mug of black coffee, a cup of tea, or even a glass of wine if it's that time and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi friends. I'm about to tell you how to get three pounds of organic chicken thighs, two pounds of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef, or one pound of premium grass-fed, grass-finished steak tips, all for free plus $20 off. That's right. We're talking pounds of meat for free plus $20 off. Friends, I love meat and seafood. My favorite way to get it is ButcherBox. It has been for years, and it's one of those things where I just sort of become more and more obsessed the more I use it. Especially with all the greenwashing that's going on today with meat and seafood, there's a lack of transparency, it can be hard to know what you're actually getting, and it can be expensive. ButcherBox addresses all of that. By directly partnering with farmers and fishermen, ButcherBox cuts out the middleman of the grocery store and directly delivers delicious meat and seafood straight to your door. And they have the highest standards. Their salmon, for example, is wild caught. Their beef is 100% grass fed and 100% grass finished. Their chicken is free range and organic, and it all tastes delicious. I love their chicken, love their meat, love their seafood. They have amazing scallops as well. And you can really find the collection of food that you want that works for you and your family. They have curated boxes, so you can get exactly what you want as fresh as possible because yes, meat and seafood that is immediately frozen is fresher than meat that is waiting out and never frozen. That's because it's frozen at its peak of freshness. It's funny because people kind of think it would be the opposite. Like, oh, I need never frozen meat and seafood. No, 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 no. You want frozen. You want meat and seafood that was immediately frozen and then shipped to you, which is what ButcherBox does. I eat a lot of steak at restaurants. ButcherBox's fillets are divine, way better than anything I would get at a restaurant. Their other cuts are amazing as well. With their seafood, I know I can trust them that I'm actually getting what they say because yes, there is a lot of scams in the seafood industry and their chicken also tastes amazing. It's free range and organic and tastes delicious. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner and ButcherBox has an incredible offer for our audience. You can have your choice of a weeknight meal essential for free in every order for a whole year. Just go to butcherbox.com slash ifpodcast and use ifpodcast to choose either three pounds of organic chicken thighs, two pounds of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef, or one pound of grass-fed, grass-finished premium steak tips plus $20 off. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ifpodcast and use code ifpodcast 
to choose your free offer and get that $20 off. Butcherbox.com slash ifpodcast with code ifpodcast. I will put all this information in the show notes. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 345 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Vanessa Spina. Hello, everyone. I have a huge question for you, Vanessa. Oh, I don't think I've asked you this before. Okay. Let me know if I have. Okay. (laughs) Are you still packed or are you still unpacked? Oh, I'm totally unpacked. Okay. I haven't asked you. Aren't those the same thing? You're talking about our our luggage? Okay. So this is like a thing in my family. I know I've talked about this on the show before, probably with Cynthia or Jen, 
we had literally like an hour long conversation one dinner because somebody was like, are you still packed? And then somebody was like, are you, no, it's, are you still unpacked? And they were like, mind blown moment. It's like the same thing, but only if you include the word still. If you say, are you packed? Are you unpacked? Those are different. But if you say, are you still packed? Are you still unpacked? It's the same thing. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. So I am officially unpacked. You're unpacked. So you are not still unpacked and you are not still packed. Right. This really bothers me. It really bothers. It bothers me that including the word still makes them the same thing. Right, right, right. Okay. That's my word moment for the, the morning. Okay. So your your items are not in your suitcase anymore. They're all washed, folded, put away. And yeah, I need to do it when I get home. It's like if we have a party or something, I can't go to bed until everything is like clean. <laughs> it's like, I do not, I just don't want to wake up to like a mess or a pack suitcase. Like it just get it done. No matter what it takes, <laughs> even if you have to stay up late. I actually love that moment. Like when you get back and you're taking all this stuff out oh, and it takes so much longer than I think it will, as does packing. It takes so long. It, it really takes a long time because it's, I figured out that it's the micro decisions that you have to make. Because I was like, for years, I was like, why do I hate packing so much? And I'm like, it's because I have to make like a thousand micro decisions of what to take, what to, and every single thing you put in your suitcase is a micro decision that you're making that you may wear that. And then everything you're not taking is also like a micro decision. So it's like you get decision fatigue. Just it, It's just more the mental aspect. But I did something amazing <laughs> that changed my life. After we got back from Denver, I we got back and I was like, I've been wanting to do this for so long and I finally did it and it just leveled up my life so much. So we got back and I was like, Pete, everything we took to Denver is all the stuff that I like and I wear. And everything for summer, right? Because the winter stuff is like away. So I'm like everything that I did not pack that's in my drawers and in my closet is just there. I don't like... Did you throw it away? No, but I put it all in a suitcase. Some of it, I like I try to donate clothes on a regular basis to like charitable causes, but... And I love doing that. But I was like, you know, sometimes you're not fully ready to let it go, but I was like, okay, so I'm just going to put it all in a suitcase and all the stuff that I wasn't quite ready to, I just put it in a suitcase and I'm cleared out my drawer. So now when I open my drawers, I just have the stuff that I love. Every time I look in the closet, I just have the stuff that I love and that I wear. And so when we packed for this trip, it was like a hundred times easier because I didn't have to make all those micro decisions. I just took everything in my drawer and put it in the suitcase and then took everything out and put it back in there. Life-changing. I swear the last three months have been so much easier to just like get dressed and do things because I'm not wading through the drawers you know, through all the other stuff to find what I want. When I open the drawer, it's just what I want. <laughs> it's just like mind blowing, but it was amazing. And I want to do it again for like winter stuff. Okay. This is crazy. I have a follow-up question and I have a very similar system I've implemented question. So this, this suitcase now that's full of these clothes that you don't wear, are you going to like take that suitcase to Goodwill or, or do you have Goodwill? Yeah. So what we like basically give it to our church here that helps mostly migrants and victims of sex trafficking. So 
it's great because it's like all women's clothes. And I, what I do is like, I'll, I know the stuff that I want to get rid of right away, but sometimes you're not ready to let go of something because it has like sentimental value. If you've had it for a long time or you're just like, I might wear this sometimes. So that's the stuff that I put in the suitcase. And then if I don't think about it or use it, like usually six months, a year later, I open it up again. And then I look through There's a couple things that I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen this in so long. I can't wait to wear it. I'll wear it again. But mostly everything is like, no, it's in there for a reason. I purchased it and I kept it in my closet or my drawers out of guilt because I spent money on it. So I felt like I had to keep it, but I don't actually wear it. I don't want to wear it. It's been in the suitcase for a year. So now it's ready to go to the final stage, which is donation. So I think it just helps with that stuff that you're just like not fully ready to let go. But I'm ruthless. Usually when it comes to clothes, I'm like, I haven't worn that in six months to a year. It's gone. I know that's not as easy for everyone. Like Pete is with clothes, he has a really hard time getting rid of stuff. So I kind of have to do it sometimes for him. (laughs) But I find that that intermediate step can help if you're like struggling to just like let go of things, especially if they have that, like some kind of emotional value or something. Okay. We have such a similar system. So one, I have contemplated doing the thing you mentioned where like you get back and you had packed the stuff you really loved but like, I can't do that. I'm not at that point. So kudos to you. I do something very similar, which is I have a big black trash bag. Actually, I have a hamper. I, oh, I use a hamper. Okay. So I have a hamper in my closet and it's the throwaway hamper. And then I have a trash bag in it. And I try to every day, did I tell you this? Do my throw something away mantra? Oh, that's a great that's a great way to do it. I I say in my head, throw something away every day. Throw something away every day. And then I walk around the apartment and I try to take one piece of clothing and put it into the bag. And I try to actually just throw something else away into the, the trash, something from like the apartment, unless it's donatable. And then I wait until that fills up, that hamper. And then I take the bag to Goodwill. And I do the same thing you did where it's like, if I haven't thought about it, like, yeah, I can, if I think about it and I try to find it, I can go like, we, you know, dig through and find it, but I haven't done that yet. And, and then also something you can tell yourself is like, okay, let's say that there's one outfit that you regret throwing away. It's so worth it to regret that one outfit and throw away all that other stuff. Like, it's just worth it because it feels so good. Like you said to Oh, it feels nice. I think I've had like one moment where I was like, oh, I I missed that thing that I donated or got rid of. But it's like one out of like so many other things. Like you said, it's just not worth it. And it feels amazing to declutter. I try to be as minimalist as possible. It's getting more challenging (laughs) as we expand our family. But I still try to be as minimalist as possible. And it, it it is such a game-changing thing like for your mental performance, for your productivity, and like just for how good it feels. I think one of the reasons we feel so good when we're at a hotel is because you have such few things. Like you just have the essentials and it feels so good. And like as women, we in particular can't relax unless like our space is organized and clean or else everything talks to us. Like the pillow talks to us, the blanket, the throws, like straighten me, pick me up. Like everything talks to us. (laughs) So like when you're in an, like an empty room or a really minimalist or clean organized room, you can just fully focus and like nothing talks to you. And it's all the noise is gone. I find. 
No, it's so true. I was reading a study about that actually, because I, I've noticed that if I get really stressed or overwhelmed with work, I'll have to like everything has to be organized all of a sudden. And it's not because I'm procrastinating. It's because I literally all of a sudden cannot handle things not being straightened up. And there's some, it's some, wait, is that nesting as well? Also, I feel like they gave some like bird mother term to it, which the other day Vanessa texted me. She's like, I have to come back and nest. And I was like, what is that? Because it was a little nest emoji with like three blue eggs, like the robin eggs. I never seen that emoji before. <laughs> it's got like the little blue egg in it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, the holidays, our, our baby moon has been incredible, beautiful, like everything I wanted, but I'm feeling restless. Like I need to go home and nest. And that is basically like, I need to get our space ready. Okay, so I think that is maybe the same thing. Yeah, like it happens usually in the like, especially in the third trimester, which I'm now in, where you're just like, you're like a bird, like mama bird, like fluttering its wings around. Like you're just like, I need to make this place clean. Suddenly everything has to be clean, organized, and you have to get everything ready. Like the nursery, everything is like becomes priority number one. So I was like, it was actually taking away from my enjoyment of being away because I was like, I need to be home and like, fixing stuff and it was like it was I was talking to Pete about it because like I, I need to nest he was like okay <laughs> like, I'm really enjoying being here but like I need to be home now <laughs> like now so it's it's our biological instincts are really powerful and amazing but yeah that's that's the nesting <laughs> is it like an ongoing thing the nesting experience like are you like nesting for like a month like until the baby comes it's pretty much like going to be from now until, yeah, baby comes. Like you just want, and it, it's been interesting, you know, having other girlfriends go through it too and like being pregnant at the same time as other friends because we'll be like going for a walk and like getting coffee and like talking and they're like, my apartment is so dirty. Like I need to clean everything. And it's just like this primal like urge that everything needs to be clean. Like you find yourself, I was cleaning, you know, when you open the freezer and there's like on the freezer door, there's like this plastic, whatever. And then there's like these folds. Like I was cleaning inside the, the folds because <laughs> I was like, they're not clean enough. <laughs> like it's, it's another level of like, you know, clean freaking or whatever. It's yeah. I do think they use the word nest in that study I read about when you're stressed and you have to like clean like a stress bird, just like, I need to make my nest. Yeah, that's so funny. I love that you read a study on it. I did. I was also reading, I think yesterday, about cowbirds. Are you familiar with these? No. Apparently, I think, where was I reading this? I think that, I think it was actually talking about like something about narcissism. Apparently these birds, they know that other birds assume that the eggs in their nest are their own. So they lay their eggs in other birds' nests. They like outsource that. Because <laughs> they're like, they'll deal. <laughs> they'll assume. I do think it was like something about narcissism and how we're, we literally, oh yeah. I think it was in Peter Tia's, was it in Peter Tia's book? I don't know. I'm all over the place. It was something about how like, <laughs> like we're so consumed and we can only see our own perspective of the world. And cowbirds know this. 
I don't know if they like actually like think about this when they're laying the eggs, but yeah. That's really funny. So they outsource it. The other bird will raise it because it's like so preoccupied with itself that it doesn't realize it. Wow. So much we can learn from the animal kingdom. That's fascinating. That's really fascinating. I know. One last little thing. Okay. So you've been like crazily cleaning for hours. Do you know what I've been doing for hours? What? This will be way, by the time this comes out, this will be way in the past, but the Taylor Swift Airs movie is coming out. Oh, I can't wait too. Oh, you're seeing it? Yeah, I would. I mean, when I can, I'd love to. Yeah. I didn't go to the concert. So like for me, it's going to be like. Is it going to come out in Prague? I think so. Oh my goodness. Wait, is it going to theaters first? I just assumed it was going to be like on Netflix. Oh, no, no, no. This is a theater experience. Oh, okay. So I'll have to go to go to that. Mm-hmm. that. I'm sure it'll come out here. Like every movie comes out here just like it does in North America. So, Well, it comes out this weekend. Oh, okay. I got to find out when it's coming out. So I have been, I counted up how many hours I've spent. I think I've spent 10 hours talking about things that you think like the unpacking will not take that long. I was like, oh, it will not take that long to individually glue sequins to my Taylor Swift bodysuit. Incorrect assumption. I have spent about 10 hours gluing sequins to my outfit. While listening to audio audiobooks prepping the show, it's epic, my costume. Oh, I can't wait to see a picture. I'm going to dress up. I'm going to be T-Swift in the flesh. So, yes, I love projects, like crafting. <laughs> Me too. It's therapeutic. I love Michaels. I wish that's the one thing actually they don't have here. Makes me sad. Oh, man. Or Hobby Lobby. They don't have it here. No. I used to go there a lot. Yeah. Although I went to Michael's and I was like, I need sequins. And he was like, what are sequins? And I was like, am I at Hobby Lobby? Where am I? Pretty sure they have like an aisle of sequins. Yeah. So (sighs) I had to go rogue and find them myself. I wish you were here. We could go together. Oh, that would be amazing. That would seriously be amazing. I have, I'm trying to figure out a Halloween costume because we have a Halloween party coming up and I have not thought about it at all. It could be Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I need to find something coordinated for Luca and maybe something that's good for like pregnancy, you know, like a, a fun, like. What if you're like Humpty Dumpty? Yeah. I asked, I asked cause I, I was saying, you know, Pumpkin, a pumpkin is like the cutest baby costume ever. I was like, I think Luca's a little bit too big now. So maybe he could be a choo-choo because he's, you know, he really likes Thomas, you know, Thomas the tank engine and and all that. So like maybe he could be a Thomas. But yeah, I'm thinking I got to find something that unifies, (laughs) a unifying theme. And I don't have time for that right now. (laughs) So You can outsource that to me. I'll think about it for you. And then I'll report back. Yeah, like I think I was telling you we wanted to do last year, like Prince Charming. What if you do Alice in Wonderland? Yeah. There's so many characters in that. Yeah. And I, I, you know, it's so much easier for that kind of stuff in North America because you can just go to like any costume store and they'll have like a family set or like a Target or something. But here it's more like Amazon. So yeah, I need to, I need, maybe this weekend I'll spend some time on it. If, I, if my nesting <laughs> gives me a break from <laughs> everything else. Maybe you could do something with the nesting. Maybe you could be a bird. Yeah. Maybe you could all be birds, different, different birds. 
He would love that. Oh my gosh. He loves birds. So you could be a flamingo, like all pink. Yeah. I need to find something funny that has like a big belly. A hummingbird. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What's a real, a peacock, a peacock. I love how excited you are. Then you could do like rainbow. Oh wait, but they're male. So yeah, Pete would have to be the peacock. Pete can be the peacock. You could be the flamingo. Luca can be a penguin. We'll workshop it. <laughs> okay. <sorry. laughs> okay. Shall we answer some listener questions? Yes, I would love to. Okay. To start things off, this is actually some feedback I got on Instagram. So I asked her if I could include it because I thought it was just such a lovely little story. So this was from Lauren. She um, messaged me and she said that she did her first half-fasted marathon. She said, just wanted to say thank you for all the education because it gave me the confidence to trust my intuition and go for it. I used to have a terrible relationship with food and hate my body. Now I have a great relationship with food and love what it can do. I'm so happy with a sub two time. It was really interesting feeling my body switch into ketosis around mile nine as so many other runners started to flag. Fasting is such a superpower. We need everyone to know. And she put the little emoji with the heart eyes. And she said, you are a legend with a little smiley face, XOX. So thank you so much for reporting back, Lauren. First of all, I'm thrilled that you have had that mindset shift surrounding your relationship with food. And it's really exciting because, you know, I'm not a marathon runner. I really like hearing from listeners who are implementing fasting with athletic endeavors like that and how it goes. And it's so cool about that really must feel like a superpower to like switch into ketosis when people are starting to, you know, hit the wall. Any thoughts, Vanessa? I love it. I'm always telling people that, you know, if you're doing usually long distance running, like that is the perfect exercise for being fat fueled because it is 60 to 70% of your VO2 max. You can just be fueled from fat. And I have so many athletes who are out there just killing it, reporting back to me that they're doing keto and people just don't believe them. Like, and they're setting new records, like they're using it as such a competitive edge. And, and, you know, people call it bonking, you know, when you hit the wall. And it's because you run out of glycogen. But if you don't, if you're not, if you're running off of fat, then you're never going to hit that wall. It's just the perfect exercise for for that. As long as you stay well hydrated, <laughs> using electrolytes like Element or something, because you know you definitely want to maintain your your hydration and all that. But yeah, that's so cool that you actually felt your body switching into ketosis. And other people were starting to to flag. It happened to me once with my with Pete and and my father in law. We were on this crazy hike that he said was only going to be an hour or two, and it was like four hours. And it was in Utah, and it was so hot; no one else was around because we were like insane to be doing this. And at the end, they started slowing down, but I had Element with me. And I just ate protein when we had our like snack and I had element and I was like busting it out of there. Like I was, I was like, I was on her, like, I couldn't even see them anymore. I was going so fast and they both were like just dying in the heat. And my father-in-law still talks about that height. He's like, I don't understand like what was going on, but you were like gone. You were like turbo mode and we were like about to pass out. So yeah, it's, it's being fat fueled. It's amazing. It is a superpower. It is a superpower. And that sounds so miserable. Oh my goodness. 
Which actually, which actually is going to relate to my, it's going to relate to my answer for the next question. Have you done a marathon or a half marathon? It's not my thing. No, not my thing either. I'm like, I'll like cheer you on and you know, everything from the sidelines. I won't even cheer you on. Like, (laughs) I mean, I mean, I just, does that require like sitting outside? (laughs) Standing for a long time. Yeah. I have a really good friend whose husband does them a lot. So I'm like, you know, go Cody, like you're killing it. But I, I it just have no interest at all, at all. <laughs> Negative interest. <laughs> I'll throw the like welcome, the celebration party. Yeah. Nice. Indoors at the end. Yeah. It's just not appealing for me, but I know it, it is appealing to lots of people. So. And like I said, it relates to my answer for the next question, which I'll let you read it, but I'll set it up so that the context is I had asked for questions in the Facebook group, IF Biohackers, for Terry Walls, Dr. Terry Walls, who I interviewed this past week, actually, I think, or the week before. She is so great. I love her. She's just so inspiring because you've interviewed her, right? Yes. So inspiring. Yeah. So definitely listeners, check that out. I've think it's yeah it should have already aired by now she almost started crying on the show it was very very touching when she was telling her story so yes we talked all about her studies on diet including fasting for multiple sclerosis specifically but it applies to autoimmune conditions as well so this question we did not get to and i thought it was a good question for our show actually so would you like to read it I would love to. So Annie from Facebook asks, how can we live a quote unquote normal life when we are always inside an expensive bubble full of products and denials that most take for granted? Don't eat this or that. Not that water. Oh, wait. Yes, that water, but not too much. No Wi-Fi, no gluten, no fortified anything. No, no, no. And take tons of supplements and expensive doctors and treatments, yet we are expected to live a stress-free life this way. So we just accept and try, but does anybody really get better and happy in this bubble? Okay. I loved this question. Also, I just want to say, Vanessa, I I like how you read questions. Aw, <laughs> thank you. Because like, you like read that with character. Like I felt like Annie was here with us. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I try. Add some dramatic flair. It was good. I liked, I I feel like it's your theater background coming out. I know. I feel like I'm auditioning or something. (laughs) 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 We're like reading sides here constantly. (laughs) Uh, It's interesting because it's like the blend of, because you don't want to go full out character mode, you know, but you (laughs) don't. I literally think about this when I'm reading questions. I'm like, you got to be like, you know, objective and like narrator, but also like have some character. So you've nailed it. You've got the talent. Did I get the part? You got the part. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait to tell my mom. Hi, friends. I'm about to tell you how to get my favorite electrolytes for free plus special announcement. Element's new chocolate medley is here. So when you think electrolytes, you might think summer and hot times and needing to stay hydrated. But did you know that hydration is actually super important in cold weather as well? There's an idea out there that cold weather reduces our hydration needs. That's not true. 
So in the cold, two main things can actually increase our metabolic rate. You may be working harder, tramping through the snow, and you can be wearing cumbersome winter clothing that can actually raise your energy needs by 10 to 20%. And as your metabolic rate raises, your sweat rate raises, and you need to replace those fluids with electrolytes. You also lose more water when it's cold through your breath. That's because cold temperatures contain significantly less water than hot temperatures, aka it's drier outside. When you breathe in that cold, dry air, your respiratory system actually acts like a humidifier so that your body can be warm and humid like it likes to be. Of course, that drains your hydration reserves as well. One study actually found that respiratory water loss after a full day of activity nearly doubled at freezing temperatures compared to the 70s. On top of that, when you're cold, you actually become less thirsty, possibly from blood vessel constrictions in the cold, which can trick the body into thinking the blood volume is higher than it is. In other words, it's cold out there. You probably need hydration. And electrolytes are so key for all of these cellular processes in your body, all of your energy production. It all requires electrolytes, but it can be hard to find electrolytes, which are clean, without unnecessary fillers, and which you can feel good about drinking. That's why I love Element. There's a reason I'm obsessed with it. There's a reason all you guys are as well. And like I said, I'm so excited because Element's new chocolate medley is here featuring chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. And this is a limited time, so you definitely want to stock up on these now. Plus, you can get a free gift with purchase when you purchase that chocolate medley or other Element electrolytes. That's right, you can get a free sample pack, eight single serving packets for free with any Element order. It's a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. You can get yours at drinklmnt.com slash ifpodcast. That's drinklmnt.com slash ifpodcast. By the way, those chocolates in that chocolate medley make delicious hot chocolates. And of course, as always, Element has a no questions asked refund, so you have nothing to lose. So go to drinklmnt.com slash ifpodcast to get your free electrolytes. Oh, it's so good. Okay. I can't. I'm going to start crying again from laughing. Okay, Annie. I love, thank you for the question, Annie. I have so many thoughts about this. I know this is something, I know I've experienced this. I know so many people experience this and Annie was talking about it in relation to autoimmune conditions, but it's also something I just feel a lot of people in the health sphere, people on diets, even people doing fasting, like people who are making choices about what they, like she said, about what they do or don't eat, supplements, foods, doctors, treatments. A lot of people are constantly making these decisions for their life and it can feel restrictive. And then in addition, some people come from a baseline of feeling great without or feeling okay, at least without doing this. And then they do this and they just feel better. Where some people feel really awful if they don't do these things and then doing this helps them feel better. So there are different, there's like layers of, I think, a feeling of necessity surrounding it. I'll start with what she said at the end, which is, but does anybody really get better and happy in this bubble? So I would encourage you, Annie, to think about what you mean by happiness. First of all, what you mean by happiness and where that happiness comes from and what that means. Because if happiness, this is all just my thoughts, my like esoteric thoughts, but to me, happiness is a transitory temporal state of feelings that can come and go 
and that's okay. And if that's the end goal, if happiness is the end goal, you're probably not going to find it because it's not something, it really, really does matter on how you define it though. It's a lot of semantics. Actually, yesterday I interviewed the creators of the Forks Over Knives series, like documentary, and then all the books that go with it. They have a new book called Wellness to Wonderful, which is really good. It's about a full lifestyle approach to health and wellness. We actually talked about this because their barometer is, is life wonderful. And we talked about the difference between wonderful versus happiness and how feeling like your life is wonderful and you're content and satisfied is different than like a transitory state of happiness. So yes. So first of all, I would contemplate what you mean by happy and where is that found and how it relates to what we were talking about a second ago with Vanessa is like (laughs) stress and happiness and suffering and pain and what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy is so relative. So like racing literally sounds like the most awful experience to me. Like you could not pay me. And like I said, even just being outside watching people race is not pleasant to me. Some people love it. Like they love it. What that says to me and, or something like traffic. There are some people like my mom, she cannot stand traffic. Like when we are in traffic, she just is so upset. Whereas when I'm in traffic, I'm like, oh, this is great. I can listen to more podcasts. Like, I really don't mind it. I think it's like a fun time. So I think the point of that is that literally any situation that you're in, somebody could enjoy it and somebody could not. So any experience you're in is relative. You decide how it affects you on a deeper emotional level. And it's completely okay to have And we talked about this yesterday in the interview, which I'll put a link to in the show notes. I think the show notes for it are going to be melanieavalon.com slash wellness to wonderful, probably. So we talked about how even feelings, like we'll say like negative feelings and positive feelings, but really they're just pleasant and unpleasant. Like there's no good or bad or right or wrong. They just are. Or it's like one of my favorite authors, or I actually really recommend reading Amy Johnson's book, Just a Thought. It's so cute. It's like this really sh- like small little book. It's super short. It has an endorsement from me in it, which is very exciting, right alongside like Deepak Chopra. But in that book, she talks about the weather and how there's the sky and how you are the sky and the weather is your experiences and what you're going through. And the weather can be so many different things and it can be crazy and it can be you know, quote, bad, like a thunderstorm, or it can be a clear sky. But either way, there's actually a clear sky behind that. Like you don't change. So defining yourself and your happiness by your experiences is not sustainable for lifetime satisfaction. So, and I know that's like a lot of words. So it's like, how do you do this? I mean, that's, that's where like, I I find so much value in seeing a therapist every week, reading books about this. A lot of people benefit from meditation, you know, prayer. So I would try to have a sort of mindset, mindset shift surrounding all of that. And then as far as the actual things you're doing, like feeling like you have to like, Vanessa was so eloquently reading with a slight inflection of character, (laughs) you know, don't drink this water, drink a little bit of this water, except maybe not like all of that stuff. Remember that that is your choice. Like I think having agency in your own life is one of the most empowering things ever. I'm all about, and I'm not saying that she's doing this, but I think we live in an epidemic of victimhood today where 
we think we're a victim of everything, of our own circumstances, of the world, when really it's really empowering to have agency. So all these choices that you're making, if you can reframe them as they are, I mean, presumably that's why you're making them. Hopefully you're making the choices that help make you feel better. And that is your choice. And you actually don't have to do any of them. I think that's freeing to know. Like you are the person in control here. You're choosing You don't have to do anything. You are choosing to do things because they make you feel better. And even like for me, I have found, because if you look at the way I eat and the things I do, it looks really restrictive. I am so happy doing it. Like it makes me so happy to use that word, which has problematic semantics surrounding it. But it, I feel really good in the the dietary choices that I make because I have found the foods that I love. I think that's important. Making sure that within this paradigm of these gluten, not gluten foods you can and can't eat, finding the foods that you really do love. I think that's really important because you can definitely do that. There are delicious foods and your pa- your taste buds will change. So I think paying attention to, to that, to finding a diet that you do love and telling yourself that you have agency, making those decisions and that it's okay to not feel okay. Like that's okay. And it's also okay if you do want to have a day where you're just like, you know, want to lament and I mean, I don't want to say like a pity party, but that's okay too. If you want to have those moments as well, you know, have those moments, but hopefully the the ongoing theme can be one of agency and empowerment. And for the question of, does anybody ever really get better? Again, I think it's a matter of what do we mean by better? Because everybody's always on a spectrum of health. So you can monitor that with how you're reacting to things and your health markers and all of that, but that's always going to be the spectrum. So I wouldn't even make that the end goal. I would, I would really work on the, the mental and the emotional wellness behind it. That was very long. What are your thoughts, Vanessa? I have, I have so many, I have so many thoughts on this. The first one, I mean, just, just like a, as a blanket overview is like, if doing this stuff doesn't make you happy and doesn't lower your stress, makes you more stressed, then I think that's a big indicator, right? Whereas like you and I, like I talk to you most days, like every day, you're always happy. Like I feel like I'm always happy too because this stuff, it does make us happy, you know? Like, I mean, and I, it's not like you're happy one day and another day you're like really, like you're always happy when I talk to you. I feel like I am too. Like, so (laughs) I, this this lifestyle that we've chosen and following the science and biohacking and everything, for me, it has tremendously improved like my overall state. And it's given me access to be able to work on the other stuff, like the other deeper stuff, like do the, doing the deeper work. One of my favorite quotes is, if you do, I don't know if I'm going to say it properly, but it's sort of like, if you do the hard stuff, then life gets really easy. Whereas if you take the easy way out, then life is always hard. Oh, that's a good one. It's one of my favorites. And I live by it because sometimes the stuff that we do, just like you said in your question, Annie, sometimes the stuff that we do does feel hard. But at the end of the day, if it does make life easier for you, then I think it's worth it. Whereas like taking the easy way out sometimes feels easy in the moment. 
but not doing the hard work, it can lead to being making life harder, you know, and it applies to so many different aspects of life, whether it's like health or business or work or, you know, relationships, like it applies to everything. <laughs> so sometimes I find you have to work and put that work in and then life gets really easy and really amazing. You know, one example I could say is, you know, learning all of this stuff, doing all of this stuff has made me go from like being obsessed and addicted to food and feeling really unempowered and unhappy and trapped in my body to feeling effortlessly lean. I don't have to think about really food much at all anymore. I just eat to live and I enjoy my meals when I eat them, but I have all this energy freed up now to go and live all my dreams and take that energy to feeling good, being in a good state and then being able to work on the other stuff. Like you brought up about like that analogy of the sky, you know, one of my favorite, favorite authors, aside from Deepak, <laughs> I love him, Deepak Trova, who I don't know his name. <laughs> He's amazing. Is Michael Singer. Oh, yes. Oh, we talked about, I forgot we both, we love this book. Yes. Oh, The Untethered Soul. It, I feel like it was a culmination of every book I've read on like meditation and mindset and and work and everything. And I just listened to his new podcast while we were in Greece. And it was just so amazing. One of the things he talked about is how like a lot of us are just stuck in this like worry stack where it's like a stack of books and you're just worried about like say the top item on your list. And then once you figure that out, then you just go to the next one on your worry stack and you worry about that. And it's just like, no matter what you do, whenever you solve whatever problem, you're just going from one worry to another. Whereas if you just like let go of all of that, and he gave this analogy of like a kid who knows that he's got a shot coming up that he has to have, you know, like a school mandatory vaccine or something. And he spends two weeks dreading the shot and like worrying about it. Whereas like the actual shot is like two seconds. I had one yesterday, <laughs> like intramuscular injection for pregnancy. The actual shot was like not even five seconds, right? Like when the needle goes in everything. But why spend all of that time worrying and anticipating the things that could go wrong in life when you could just let go of all of that and just fully experience life. And you're going to have fear in your heart. You're going to like face your heart, your own like heart and the fears that you have in it and everything. And I'm going like really deep here, but you know, that's all that like self-work that is about like mindset. And, and it comes through doing meditation, like reading books about, you know, that inner monologue and the inner voice and the inner narrative, how you talk to yourself and what you're focusing on. Like, what state are you in right now? Are you concerned right now? Are you worrying right now? Or are you, you know, taking a moment to be mindful and set like a positive intention for the day, spend some time focusing on gratitude, shifting out of like a fearful or worried state, stress state, you know, stress is just another word for fear. So a lot of us are in a fearful state a lot of the time. And there are things that we can do, you know, to feel good. So it really comes down to, does this stuff make you feel happier? Like you have to do a self-assessment, like you said, Melanie, and be like, does this stuff make me feel better? Or does it just stress me out? And if it just stresses you out, then it's it's not worth it. It's not worth doing. If, on the other hand, 
it does make you feel like empowered and it is giving you like tangible results. Like you're seeing benefits in your health and your physique and your energy levels. If you are feeling and seeing those benefits, then it's worth it for you. Right. But you really have to take that assessment and see if this stuff is helping you. And I'm going to say like from your question, it sounds like it's not making you very happy to do this stuff. Maybe you're just having like a bad day. (laughs) Maybe you're just feeling overwhelmed because I know it can be overwhelming. Like every day it seems like there's a new thing. There's a new supplement or there's, you know, deuterium depleted water. (laughs) Like, And there's all this stuff and you have to kind of say like, I can't do all of this stuff, but I can do one thing and I can focus on one thing. And that's a really important concept, I think, when it comes to all of this and like biohacking is you really want to do one thing at a time and really integrate that thing. Like if you want to get into cold exposure, like focus on cold exposure and just adding in that one thing. But if you try to add in cold exposure, red light therapy and like, you know, uh, AI bike and <laughs> like this new kind of fasting and, you know, blue light blocking glasses and like you're adding in everything at the same time and trying to drink the deuterium depleted water, it's going to feel overwhelming. So I really suggest like just slow things down. You don't have to do everything. You can just do one thing at a time, focus on that thing. And that's how you're going to be able to assess each, each thing that you try. Like, does this one hack, like, does this actually improve my life? Whereas if you're doing all of them at once, it's going to be hard to assess individually each thing. So I think that's, that's what I would say. (laughs) I loved that so much. Oh, I love talking about this with you. Follow-up thoughts. One, I forgot that we both loved Michael Singer so much. I think we talked about that like a while ago. A long time ago. Yeah. He's just so, so incredible. And he just released the new like season of his podcast, which is like every episode is like 45 minutes to an hour. And it's just like the best thing ever. It's I think it's called the Untethered Soul Michael Singer podcast. Oh, the podcast is called that. Yeah. Each one, each season is only like four or five episodes, but it's, it's incredible. Like you want to listen to each one over and over again, but the book, yeah, the untethered soul itself is incredible. And then the second book also amazing. When did he release that podcast? You said, so this one just came out a few weeks ago. Oh, like brand new. He didn't have a prior season. And then there was a season one, which I think came out like a year or two ago. And then he also has this course, which is like the untethered soul, which I did. And Pete did a little bit with me and it's a video course, but it's very similar to the podcast episodes, except it also has the the video component to it. But the podcast this season is just mind blowing. It's amazing. So I guess it's kind of like you want to be dedicating some like percentage of your time or life to, to spending it on, on like the mindset and mindfulness, consciousness, meditation, all that like really helps. I think it's something that you don't just do it once. It's something that you have to actively maintain. You know, you have to like be reading books on a regular basis about it, doing meditation on a regular basis, you know, putting in that work that makes life easy. You have to put in the time to do it. But I do find that the stuff that we do on the health and nutrition side it helps to provide clarity because like for me with food and everything, it generated so much noise in my life and, and especially fixating on like my physique and just food, 
in general and and being obsessed with food. Once I figured out like some of these concepts that we talk about a lot, like protein makes you really satisfied. So you don't have to think about food anymore. Like the noise just fell away. And then I was able to focus more on these other things, these other aspects as well. So they kind of go hand in hand, I think. Yeah. To that point. So two thoughts. One, I really like what you said about evaluating what is and isn't working. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but in the Newsweek piece that I got to write, the way, which was about my personal diet history and a little bit of my biohacking journey, the way I ended that, which is what I feel very strongly about, is that one of the most freeing things in my personal, quote, biohacking journey was when I did have the realization that I I don't have to do all these things. I was in this world where I was like, I have to do all of this stuff. I was like, the picture I see in my head is me like religiously clinging to these diet tips and techniques and biohacking things because I thought they were saving me. And that was really stressful, honestly. And when I had the epiphany that, oh, I actually don't have to do any of this and I can just do what makes me feel better and it can be additive, that was really freeing. So I think getting out of this this overwhelming mindset of having to do all the things, you can still do all the things, but just that mindset of having to do them and feeling trapped by them is so different than choosing to do them. So I like what Vanessa was saying about kind of taking stock of what you are doing and what is benefiting you and what's not, and, you know, letting go of what is not not benefiting you. The second thing I was going to say was, now I forgot. I will say though, for her part about how can we live a normal life? So that's another thing where it's like semantics, like what is normal? Like you get to decide what is, oh, I remembered. You, well, first of all, you get to decide what is normal and what you want your life to be. Like, I don't see any reason to have to adapt to what society calls normal. The mosaic of all the people in the world is what makes society so interesting, in my opinion. And then last comment. So Vanessa was commenting on how she and I are often very happy, <laughs> which is very true. I just want to clarify that I still have Okay. Well, first of all, when I was reading that Michael Singer book for the first time, The Untethered Soul, that was in my like, what I call my dark time. I probably still seemed happy to other people. But even during that, that's when I was like really having a lot of health struggles and challenges. I still saw it as separate from who I was. So it never really colored my my thoughts about the world and myself and my happiness. And even today, like I'm so grateful and I really enjoy life and I really do feel happy the majority of the time. And I can still feel incandescently happy while having very stressful things happening that I'm not enjoying that are not fun. And those can exist simultaneously pretty easily for me. Like even when really bad things happen, either in relationships or with business or work or stress, it's all like separate to me. It's just what I'm experiencing at that moment. So I'm still happy. I love everything that you said there. I have to say on the first point, I'm so glad that you said that because I think a lot of people looking at you or being fans of you from listening to the show for a long time would just assume that you are doing all the biohacks, like that you have all the biohacking devices and you do all the biohacks. So I think if there's anyone listening to the show who's been inspired by you over the years, it's probably really great for them to hear you say that you don't feel like the pressure to do all of them because you are known as like top six biohacker in the world, right? (laughs) So like, it's great that you don't feel some kind of pressure to do all the things and that you give yourself the grace and the time to just do 
what feels approachable and accessible and, and whatever in the time. You don't overwhelm yourself with stuff. So I love that you said that. And then I also love that you mentioned that you're not necessarily happy all the time. I don't want to project like a fake reality either. Like, of course, life is still hard. <laughs> There's still difficult moments. I sort of was referring to like, in general, your disposition. And I feel like similar, like a, an overall like state or disposition. Whereas like we both interact with a lot of people and I always know like you're in a high vibe. I feel like I'm often a high vibe, but we get there intentionally. Like I every day set my intentions. I, I put myself in a state of thankfulness. It doesn't mean that I don't encounter hard or challenging things. I typically like to frame them as challenging because challenges bring out the best in you, but it's more of a disposition. And I feel like we both work at that. And it, it's, I think it, like I was saying, it goes hand in hand with the fact that all the stuff that we do on the health and lifestyle also supports that. But the things that you and I find joy in and that support our health and happy mindset or happy disposition may not generate that for other people, right? Like it, it may not generate, it may generate more stress or like a feeling that you're not keeping up with everyone else or you're not doing as well or, you know, it, it could generate all kinds of other feelings that I'm, I can't speak to. So it's, it's like all about assessing yourself, like with anything that you do in life, like with any job or any activity or anything that you pursue, like, does this actually make my life happier? And if it doesn't, then, then you have to reevaluate, right? It's interesting because I, with the biohacks, I really came to a similar place. Like I still do most of the things. My mindset is just completely different surrounding them. And then, yeah, commenting just quickly on the the perpetual happiness or high vibe thing. Something else from Amy Johnson's book that I really like, she points out that unpleasant experiences that may happen that you don't want to be in that are happening. Like when those happen, we think it's all consuming and it's like, the way it's going to be. And that's all we see when really it literally is going to pass. You don't even have to do anything and it'll pass. And what I mean by that is like bad things can happen and we think that we have to fix it. It will pass. And and the fact that you don't have to even do anything is like kind of mind blowing. When things happen to me that I don't like being in that experience of, I literally like see myself in it and I see it as like, this is like a temporary transitory thing that I am not enjoying. I'm very open about that. Like you can accept that. Like I am not enjoying this happening right now, but it's not me. I'm still happy. I'm still like great behind it and it'll pass. Like the thing that happened, the thing that happened like two nights ago was when I was working on my Taylor Swift sequin bodysuit and I was trying to get like glitter, acrylic sparkle stuff to like spray on it. So I bought like three different ones that stuff is so toxic smelling. And one of them, I didn't realize it, but it was broken. So it like leaked and it was everywhere in my apartment. So my entire apartment was like fumes. I do not do well with fumes. When I was experiencing that, I was like, this is not fun. I am not enjoying this. This is not, mm -mm." but I saw it as like just something happening to me that would pass. Like it's not me because I'm good behind it all. So I hope that helps Annie. (laughs) Thank you for your question, Annie, and I hope that this gave you some something to think about. Yes, yes. Let us know. And also, because I'm assuming she has an autoimmune condition, so sending love with, with all of that. I was thinking we could answer, because it relates Laura's question. Hers was, 
if we had a limited budget, what supplements would you prioritize kind of ties in. And then she says, what makes you happy and grateful? Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Why don't you go first? Okay. So Laura, so, okay. So she's asking if we had a limited budget, what supplements would you prioritize? And this kind of relates to what we were both saying before. I definitely had a great epiphany relief moment when I realized I didn't have to be taking all the supplements all the time. You know, that was definitely a potential point of stress for me and realizing that I'm taking these to help me. If I don't take them, that's okay. And also, yes, like Laura's asking, evaluate, what would you prioritize? So I think as a baseline, making sure you're getting all of your nutrition is really important. So looking at your diet, what are you getting all your nutrition and trying to get that from diet, especially like limited budget, you can get a lot of nutrition in whole foods and, you know, meat and, you know, like egg yolks. Like there's a lot of really affordable ways to get nutrition from food. I think it can be hard even with food to get enough magnesium from your food. So I would prioritize a magnesium supplement. It can be hard to get enough vitamin D depending on how much you're outside. So I would prioritize a vitamin D supplement. And then again, like doing like a nutrition, I think on the supplemental nutrition side of things, those are ones that most people are probably deficient in. And then beyond that, from there, seeing where else you might be deficient. And then beyond that, it's for me personally, I benefit so much from digestive enzymes and HCL. So that's something for me. So if you struggle with digestion and those really help, that might be something to prioritize, but that would be a case-by-case basis. When I just step back and think about like what, I want to say like fun supplements, like supplement that's not dire because it's not nutrition related or digestion related. There is a reason I made serapeptase as my first supplement for Avalon X. And it's just because it has such a profound effect on me, on my inflammation, on my sinuses, on so many things. So I would personally prioritize my my serapeptase. I'll put a link, avalonx.us, and the coupon code MelanieAvalon will get you 10% off site-wide. MD Logic did recently release a vitamin D supplement. It's a capsule supplement. I take a liquid form, but they released a capsule for people who like that, so that's a good option. And then I have a magnesium as well. I have two magnesiums on avalonx.us. Digestive supplements, I do want to make a line in the future. Right now, I, I take Pure Encapsulations brand. Yeah, what are your thoughts on supplements, Vanessa? So (laughs) I really don't take that many (laughs) to begin with. So I feel like I really prioritize because I find that if you take too many, it gets overwhelming and then you just stop taking them, right? Like I've been there so many times. I take magnesium. It's the number one supplement that I travel with. I don't leave home without it. I now take magnesium eight by Avalon X (laughs) every single day. I take it every single night. I give it to friends. I have it, had it with me when we were in Greece. I've been wanting to share this with you actually for a while, but being pregnant, you have to be even more careful about the supplements that you take. And I trust your magnesium more than any other out there. So thank you for making such an incredible supplement. But that, like if I had to choose one, it would be that. 
honestly. And then magnesium citrate, I always take with me <laughs> when I'm traveling as well, because I feel like sometimes it complements it just to have the extra, but also sometimes like when I'm traveling and I'm like eating different things, if I don't feel like I'm as regular as I am when I'm at home, it really natural calm. Yeah. It's the best. But yeah, we, it's uh, what's it called? Natural vitality. Yeah. Calm. And I have like, they have a smaller version of it, which is like, usually I have the big ones at home, but they have the smaller one that's great for travel. I t- always take it with me because it's same like with Pete, if he has any issues too, like we both, you know, just, he's like, do you have the magnesium citrate? I'm like, yep. So it's super helpful. That's like my number one. Right now I'm taking a prenatal and I take prenatal or a multivitamin by Thorne. It's probably the other brand that I trust as much as Avalon X. And I mostly take it because of vitamin C, because I eat so like keto carnivore and carnivore-ish. Vitamin C, I think, is something that is I would take on its own, but because I'm also pregnant, I just take a prenatal and it's got everything. But on the days that I eat liver, as you were mentioning, trying to get the nutrients from your diet, then I don't take it because I don't need the folate. It's in in the, the liver. The other supplement that I love is L-carnitine. I'm fascinated by it. You actually do mostly get it from meat, which is where the word carne comes from. But I found some really interesting research on how it also, it's one of the transporters that helps you be fat fueled. So it helps shuttle fatty acids into your tissues to be oxidized for fuel into your mitochondria. And so I always take L-carnitine. For vitamin D, I actually take cod liver. (laughs) Like I have cod liver in cans. And whenever I make like tuna salad for myself or Luca or Pete, I just put some cod livers in there and it makes it like taste extra good, like extra rich because it's so fatty. But the cans I get come with cod liver oil. So I take the oil out and I put that into a jar and I keep that and just use a dropper and put droplets on on that. It's basically like very similar to what you get with like vitamin D drops, but it's actually the pure form. So that's kind of like a hybrid, getting it from your food versus supplement. But if I don't have cod liver, then I will take a vitamin D supplement. And I try to get in in the sun as much as possible. And, and my other one, last one is red light because I really do consider light to be a nutrient. And so many of us are deficient in especially red light and our mitochondria actually need red light to activate the chromovores or cytochrome C oxidase on the electron transport chain. So I think that because of our modern lifestyles, we are actually deficient in this nutrient. So I use red light (laughs) every day. So I know you do too, although I just thought it would be fun to include it in there. Just really quick. One, do you have my nightcap? I think so. Yes, I do. But I wasn't, I've been meaning to ask you about it. Oh, to ask like what it does or? Yeah. And just because I knew the magnesium eight would be fine for pregnancy, but I haven't taken the serapeptase yet or the nightcap one because I hadn't asked you about those yet. I know for some reason, the serapeptase <laughs> scares me to take while pregnant. I'll probably wait until after. I'm sure it's safe, but I'll probably wait until after. But yeah, tell me about the nightcap. First of all, I totally understand the the pregnancy concerns. So the nightcap, it's just a, it's magnesium three and eight which is a special type of magnesium that crosses the blood-brain barrier. So it's basically the only, I mean, there might be some other 
types and small amounts, but this magnesium, if you take it, will go into your brain. And there's a lot of studies on it for memory and mood and rest and relaxation. So it's a great complement to magnesium eight. And we made it as a standalone because there was no way we could get the therapeutic amount of magnesium three and eight into the magnesium eight blend. So yes, we want people to have the option to like take it as like a brain boost or like relaxation. So it's, it's great. It should be completely fine for, for pregnancy. It's just another magnesium essentially. Oh, I'll try it. Uh, Yeah. So you take it both with the eight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can take either whenever I like taking a magnesium nightcap at night appropriately enough, but the studies actually usually do a biphasic dosing like in the morning and evening. So it won't make you tired per se, but it will help you sleep at night. Ooh, I'm going to try it tonight. It's great. I've had so much amazing feedback of people. That's what I was going to say is I've been wanting to take it because I constantly see people saying what a game changer it is. It's, oh, yay. I'm so happy we're talking. Yeah. So that's at avalonx.us. And then I was just going to say really quick, vitamin D. Did you know, do you like mushrooms? I love them. I have chanterelles in my fridge right now that I just got. I'm obsessed with mushrooms. Oh, wait, what is your favorite mushroom? I know this is not. Probably chanterelle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not important. <laughs> Stop this train. Stop this train. <laughs> Bring it back. Okay. Um, I just love because they're not part of the the vegetable or fruit. Like they're their own kingdom. Like it's so interesting. They're crazy. Like, and the, what's it called? The micro, like the, the whole network of like mushroom land. Like it like expands underneath the ground and they like talk and it's a whole thing. Did you know you can put your mushrooms outside and charge them to fill them up with vitamin D? I just learned this because they produce vitamin D. So if you put them outside, the article I was reading, I have to fact check this, but it said you could get your daily requirements of vitamin D by putting your mushrooms outside for like 15 minutes. That's amazing. That's so cute. I know. Charge up your little mushrooms. Oh, it's like, it's like Mario Kart. And mushies. I love mushrooms. They're so good. They're like umami. They're just, oh, they're so good. I went through like a mushroom phase where I was like, oh, try all the mushrooms. Okay. So what's your favorite? We have to end on that. Yeah. So I did go through that phase. Like I said, I did really like oyster mushrooms, but I didn't really digest them as well. I just eat every night. Okay. Wait, portobello and baby bell. Wait, there's one that are the same. It just has to do with the timeline of their life. That blew my mind. It kind of blew my mind because button mushrooms are white. Cremuni are brown. Okay. These are all the same mushroom. I didn't realize this. So <sighs> button mushrooms are white. They're like the toddlers or the babies. Then there's cremini, which are brown. Those are like the teenagers. And then there are portobellos, which are brown and larger. And those are the adults. They're all the same mushroom, which is... So when you go to the store and it's like, they're the same mushroom. I mean... Oh kind of upsetting. Kind of like the fact that tea leaves are like all the same plant. That blew my mind. I That was like really upsetting to me to learn that green tea and black tea are the same thing. I like those that I just mentioned because they're really easy for me to digest in my scallops. It's not very adventurous though. I love it. I love that we both love mushrooms. All the fungi fans out there will be loving this little bonus segment as well. I know. Should we answer her question about what makes you happy or grateful? Oh, yeah. I mean, you, this podcast, my family, just being alive, the power of the mind and mindset, even just I'm thankful for thankfulness and like how powerful it is to just sit down 
and write down what you're thankful for in any moment because there's always something. No matter what you're going through, there's always something (laughs) that you can be grateful for. And it gives you just such good vibes. It shifts your state. You know, it's empowering and it also just like moves you up like the emotional scale. So you feel happier. Like I just, I'm so, I love the power of, of appreciation. I like to go on rampages of appreciation. It's such a powerful underrated tool and you can access it any moment. And it's, it's so amazing. So I'm just thankful for everything, for podcasting, for the internet, <laughs> we can talk right now, technology, and for mushrooms. <laughs> what about you? I can go on for another hour, so I'm going to stop. Same. There's so many things. Don't get me started. Well, yes, I'm so grateful for you and this podcast. It's just so wonderful. Every time I text Vanessa, I'm just like, oh, I'm just so happy, so grateful. Oh, for listeners, sorry. Oh, listeners? Oh, yes. Oh, we're so grateful for the listeners. Yes. <laughs> Something that I think about a lot, I am so grateful that my job and what I do in life is what I love. Like it's so, I am so grateful that what I get to do essentially every second of my life is my work. Not that I'm working my whole life, but my work is my my love and my joy Like I'm not having to clock in somewhere I don't want to be. I get to do what I love and I get to interact with so many people and, you know, share it with other people. I'm just so, so, so grateful for that. I can't even express enough. And then just all the things. Like like you said, I could just go on and on and on. And my my relationships, my family, all the people in my life, I just really, really treasure. So red light. I'm holding a red light thing in my hand right now. So many things. Okay. On that note, (laughs) this was like the mindset episode for listeners. These show notes for today's episode will be at ifpodcast.com slash episode 345. They will have a transcript as well as links to everything that we talked about. So definitely check that out. You can submit your own questions by emailing questions at ifpodcast.com or you can go to ifpodcast.com and you can submit questions there. And you can follow us on Instagram. We are ifpodcast. I am Melanie Avalon. Vanessa is ketogenic girl. I think that's all the things. Anything from you, Vanessa, before we go? Just feeling so much thankfulness. <laughs> I know. All the gratitude. Thank you for that wonderful question. I know. I know. Thank you, Laura. All right. Well, this has been wonderful, and I will talk to you next week. Sounds great. Talk to you. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, everything we discussed on this show does not constitute medical advice and no patient-doctor relationship is formed. If you enjoyed the show, please consider writing a review on iTunes. We couldn't do this without our amazing team. Administration by Sharon Merriman. Editing by Podcast Doctors. Show notes and artwork by Brianna Joyner. Transcripts by Speech Docs. And original theme composed by Leland Cox and recomposed by Steve Saunders. See you next week.